0: Welcome to to another another episode episode of Pit
1: Lane Parlay. Parlay. Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. Joining us this morning is Travis Braden. Travis, first off, happy holidays and and thanks for joining.
2: Yeah, I appreciate it, Mike. Uh, Hopefully you had a great holiday as well. And uh, I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to a new year and new race season and just, uh, I guess, a lot of new beginnings. I'm sure a lot of people are, too
1: yeah you know it's weird i know racing typically ends by you know the end of october and we got extra length in the calendar this year due to everything that's going on but i am at the point in the racing off season where i've had enough of the off season and i'm ready to watch some races whatever it may be already Mm -hmm. so yeah
2: um yeah, it's one of those weird years where we all hope, right? Like January one comes and and we'll be able to like reset and be back to normal. Um, and but at that point, we really want to go back to normal as soon as possible.
1: Yeah, I I agree there. Even if it's even if we can just get you know a few less schedule changes this year and things start heading in the right direction, I'll be very happy with that. Absolutely. So, let's see here. Let's, let's start with a little bit of background. You, you, were, you raced the last couple of years in ARCA. You've done some late model racing. You were the 2019 Snowball Derby Champion, which I watched for the first time this year. So, tell us a little bit about how you got into you know, racing at a young age. What, you, what got you in a car from, from being a fan to in a car? And we'll, we'll take it from there.
2: Yeah, well, that's, that's a great question, which, of course, I, I get frequently, and I kind of like to answer, because that's that's the coolest part of everyone's story, right? Yeah. Um, but so I did not come from a racing family. Um, I'm from northern West Virginia, which is um, not a lot of racing around there. There's some dirt racing, but there's really no asphalt racing, never has been. Um, but really how I got into racing was, um, you know, growing up in West Virginia, I had lived on a farm and I had a, a four-wheeler before I even had a bicycle. So um, I was always, you know, on, on motorbikes and stuff like that, right? And so I actually wanted to be a supercross racer. It was just like my first dream as a little kid. And I was really into that. And um, I went to a couple of like local, you know, fairs and stuff like that where I could race it. And when I was seven or eight years old, uh, my parents bought me a go-kart that I could go race a couple of places within a few hours of home. And that's really what got me started racing. And kind of in between all that, you know, I I said I started liking Supercross, but my dad had introduced me to NASCAR racing on TV. Um, He would go to the Daytona 500 every year, and so I kind of knew about it. So that's how I was introduced to it. And then once I got into the go-kart racing, um, I just kind of eventually really liked that. And just that's where, you know, I I took – took that path, I guess, instead of the the two-wheel dirt bikes or anything like that. That's how it all started. Long story from that point to today, of course, but that's how it started.
1: So, man, I don't know which direction I want to take this next question. So (laughs) you have a degree in aerospace and mechanical engineering, which is way over my head. So does that help help your racing career in – in some sort of way or, or give you another path to maybe, you know, working on the engineering and and mechanical side, maybe when, when the racing days are over.
2: (laughs) Well, I would like to think that it does right, or I would hope that it does, (laughs) but um, yeah, I mean, I don't talk about it a lot because honestly um, in terms of the, you know, the social or the communication side of things, I've, I've always felt a little bit like, um when you have that background and you kind of try to apply it or talk about applying it sometimes that rubs people the wrong way they think you're kind of like (laughs) coming off as like you know more than them which I don't feel that way and I don't think I am but but I do try to apply things that I've learned you know and sometimes racing is always when I started especially like short track racing was really old school mentalities and things that just weren't really factual but we just thought that they that's how it was you know So it was really a gap there, but over the years, I've been lucky to work with great people and haven't really needed to apply it a lot, but I've always tried to take my own little corner of my time over here and like, okay, if I'm in a good piece of equipment and I have a good old school group of people around me and we're going fast, what could I do to like, maybe try something a little different and apply it? Um, And that has really worked out over the years. Um, I felt like that it's definitely... Um, provided results on the racetrack once I started applying my engineering background and just, you know, I kind of enjoy math and science and physics. So um, it, that's all a race car is. So, I mean, realistically, that that should apply and it does. And um, it's honestly been kind of a fun thing for me. But, um, you know, talking about like, would that help me in the future if I was to be in racing and not drive? I think 100% that it would. Um, not that that's really a goal of mine, but, um, I, I really think honestly, it's made a huge difference in my on track, you know, what I'm capable of doing. I don't really think I have like some special skill set of like holding a steering wheel better than everybody else or pushing the gas and the brakes better. But I do think that the combination of being decent at that stuff and, and trying to perfect how that car physically grips the racetrack, um, it's been a good combination. And it has worked for me.
1: I like it. So let's, let's go off racing here for the first of a few times. Every driver that gets to come on the, or that gets to come on the, that comes on the show adds a song to our pit lane parlay driver Spotify playlist. So if there's a song you really like, maybe listen to before a race or after a race or just one that you really like, let me know. And I'll, I'll add it to the list right now.
2: (laughs) Well, you know what? I don't really like, Frequently listen to music, but you're going to have to just add Country Roads to the list. That's always been a big song in my life because I'm from West Virginia. Songs like the anthem of West Virginia, and so many people have associated me with that song in racing. So, 100%, you got to add that one.
1: All right, we are adding it now. Add to playlist. Okay, (laughs) we will add that and we will jump back into racing. So, I I learned about the Snowball Derby uh, actually when I opened a box of NASCAR trading cards and pulled one of yours out and people started talking about the uh, Snowball Derby champion. So what is the Snowball Derby for those who don't know other than a pretty famous short track race? And uh, why is it always in the news every time the stewards seem to get a little bit hands-on after the race?
2: (laughs) Well, um, obviously, there's a lot to unpack there with that those two <laughs> questions, basically. But um, I guess I'll start really briefly by explaining that, you know, what short track racing is, because really the Snowball Derby is just the biggest event in short track racing. So, you know, in short track racing, which is what we call it, it's really, you know, late models, uh, which there's a few different types of late models. But um, in today's world, like super late model racing is what we call the When someone says short track racing, that's generally what I think of in the stock car racing world. Um, So, of course, by definition, we race on shorter tracks, usually half mile to five eighths mile at the biggest. Um, And they're kind of spread all over the country. I mean, there's tracks from California to Washington State to New York State to Florida. I mean, it's everywhere. So, and, you know, generally most stock car drivers that make it to the upper ranks like in nascar will race short track racing along the way to that point and it's kind of like the last stop before you would go into arca and nascar where you know in short track racing there is a unique mixture of really capable drivers and teams that sometimes don't make it to nascar or they don't even want to go nascar racing this is what they want to do and it's very competitive so it's you know realistically in a lot of places, just as competitive as the the NASCAR leagues. Um, So the Snowball Derby really puts that definition to work because you will have 60 cars, let's say, 50, 60 cars. Um, It's it's not a championship points race of any sort. It's just one big race in December in Florida. There's nothing else going on in any form of stock car racing at that time of year. Um, So you get NASCAR drivers, you know, this year there was two cup champions in the race, yeah. Chase Elliott and Kyle Busch. Um, you know, Noah Gregson was there. He attempted to make the race, didn't even make the race. Uh, he's an Xfinity series regular. Um, you'll get guys from out West that are really big in short track racing out West all over the country. Sometimes you'll get some, um, some kind of guys that jump in from different walks of racing, but we didn't really have that this year. I don't think, um, but it's just, it's just everybody who's anybody in all of stock car racing on pavement comes to the Snowball Derby and tries to race at least a couple of times, it seems like, in their career. Um, so when you look at it that way, it's just, it's just a heck of a competitive race. Um, it's a huge atmosphere because, again, nothing else is going on. So you get people come to watch from all over because there's nothing else to go watch. Um, you get a lot of presence on TV. So just a really cool show, really big show. And to answer your question about, you know, why does it seem like there's there's so much extracurricular, um, you know, the our, our, our head tech official at the Snowball Derby's name is Ricky Brooks. And uh, Ricky's really a great guy, but a lot of guys, a lot of people um, don't really get along with Ricky. And Ricky is an extremely strict official. Um, and, and there is no, you know, forgiveness. It's, it's black and white to him. So over the years, there have just been, um a number of kind of i'll call them kind of fluke scenarios where just things that people didn't think about or overlook that really wasn't cheating but by definition didn't didn't align with his rule book and so they've been disqualified for it Um, there's been some other things that have happened but it's really just been a product of you know in a lot of places that we go race in the short track world you get a little bit of forgiveness you know if you're if you're just barely over on weight or something like that, you usually, they roll you off the scales and you go on and you're, and you're good to go. But uh, Ricky just doesn't operate that way. And that's well known. So you know what you're getting, um, but for whatever reason, it's just, it just seems like there's at least every few years, um, a little bit of a, of a mishap. So to give you a few small examples, like a couple of years ago, Chase Elliott, um, they had tungsten ballast in their car, which is something that of course, they use it all over the place in stock car racing, but in short track racing, it's it's not allowed, it's illegal. So that was just an overlook. It might've been something that was in their car in a different series and they forgot that it was in there or just didn't think about it. Didn't think it would be tacked, whatever. You know, he got disqualified. He won the race, disqualified. Um, last year, uh, Steven Nassi had some Bre- uh, Brembo brakes on his car, which were NASCAR brake calipers. Um, Not really something anyone uses in short track racing. He was kind of bringing that to the market. And, you know, most Brembo brakes use titanium uh, piston caps, which is just kind of standard in NASCAR world, but those are illegal in short track world. He didn't know that he got disqualified. So the list goes on and on, but it's just, I don't know why it's been such a topic, but it, it just sometimes things happen. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah as i've immersed myself in kind of learning more about the short track stuff because we have a number of fans who are really interested in in the snowball derby and i went wow I've, seems like this guy's in the news more than the the race itself but i guess that that makes sense yeah. if he's if he's strict like that so we'll move on from there so you had two seasons in arca 2018 and 2019 you won your your first race actually over William Byron and a number of top ten and top five finishes, but you kind of took to 2020 as a okay, let's let's regroup and and focus towards 2021. So, how was that difficult to kind of you know outside of the the snowball derby, kind of just be patient and wait for next year? And and how is that plan going so far?
2: Yeah, I think you know any any change in racing is usually, uh, hard to make decisions, right. Cause usually you're having to give something up, which in racing, you never want to give something up because things are so hard to come by, but, um, you know, I've, I've had a great career. I, you know, what I come from, I didn't come from a family with money. I didn't come from a family with racing background. So I've always felt, you know, in the past handful, the, you know, half a dozen years, I would say that I've kind of been accomplished in my career. Like I've, I've accomplished more than what I ever thought I would. So I'm kind of happy with where I've gotten. Right. And so it, it, I looked at 2020, especially once the pandemic kind of hit, it was like to take advantage of what I've got in front of me, but let's try to focus on, on the future. And, and, um, I do want to be in, in racing for a long time to come, you know? So, um, my goal, you know, part of my goals is I'd like to make some NASCAR starts at some point just to see what that, you know, might hold for me. I've seen a lot of friends and do it from from the easy way to the hard way and be successful. And, and I feel like I could try that and, and maybe be successful too. So that's one of my goals and I needed to kind of separate myself from uh, situations where I was just quite frankly too busy and I was never going to be able to even have the time to do it. Um, so I needed to kind of step away from a few things and And in, in doing that, I also would always honestly really love to be a part of short track racing no matter how far my career would stretch or or what i'm doing in, in racing i always just have a special place in my you know in my heart for for short track racing and the snowball derby and things like that so i wanted to really focus on short track racing only this year and looking at what opportunities might um, present themselves in NASCAR. step into the world of
0: power loyalty I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minterdial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado,
2: and uh, I actually, you know, my girlfriend Jess and I, we we actually moved to Charlotte, North Carolina uh, in January, not even really fully moved. We're living in our motor coach at at the time, and um, just kind of a long story, but just really wanted to make a change and see what would happen, and of course, it was right before the pandemic, so a lot of things didn't really go as you would hope, but um, I'm still really glad I made the change, and a lot of things have presented themselves, so really don't know what 2021 holds but i uh, there are some cool things that have presented themselves and and uh, we're going to keep working on it and see where it goes
1: at a minimum it's at least much warmer in north carolina than (laughs) it is west virginia i would imagine
2: yes um that's nice you know it's definitely still chilly here and it's not a huge change but at least like we were actually just talking this morning like this time of year at home, it's it's always going to be below freezing every night. Yeah. And down here it's it's really not going to be every day. It's going to be like jacket weather in the daytime here. So it's like it's a nice change of
1: pace for sure. Yeah, that's fair. I, I I'm I'm a little jealous because it's it's freezing up here in Philly this morning. And oh, sure. I'm not I'm not a fan. I mean, I shouldn't say I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of having to say something like walk the dog at eight o'clock in the morning when it's really cold. So yeah, sure. Uh, let's see here I'll go non- racing again you're you're inviting three three people to a dinner party. They can be alive or, or not alive. Who are you inviting to your special dinner party and why?
2: hmm that's really a good question um, Well I would have to say one that would like, I think as a racer, a stock car racer, be obvious. Like you got to invite Dale Earnhardt, right? You got to talk to him for at least a couple of minutes. If you get that chance to anyone to be there, uh, dead or alive. So say for sure, Dale, um, let's see, it'd be cool to meet like some of the old, you know, presidents, like a Reagan or someone like yeah. that. Right. So we'll throw one of the, we'll just throw president Reagan in there, um, for no other reason, but the intrigue, um, And let's see who else could I invite in there? Maybe like I'll invite, um, WVU basketball coach Huggins, which I've already met coach, but he's always a good time. So he'll, he'll for sure make it a good evening if he's there.
1: I like it. All right. Very diverse group there. Let's see. We'll wrap it up with two final racing questions here. One I'm curious because you're a short track racer the, One NASCAR Bristol race this year will be on dirt. Do you think Bristol as a dirt track will be a good race for the bigger Cup Series cars and the Xfinity cars, or will it be, or 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 are are you more leery?
2: Um, you know, I'm not one of those people that's like pessimistic about every change and move NASCAR makes. Like, I mean, yeah, a lot of them haven't worked out, but I don't go into everything. (laughs) Like that because that's just kind of miserable, but um, I don't know. I I do. I'm a little skeptical just because of like I think it's going to be hard with as much banking as Bristol have, and it's so progressive. Um, I'm not sure how it's going to work because most dirt tracks aren't really built like that. And I feel like if they are, it usually ends up um, you just kind of you're just riding the riding the wall, you know. Um, but I don't know that these stock cars are going to be like enough suspension travel that they can really sustain like just riding the cushion so I'm not sure I'm a little worried that it's going to be like they're just going to have to almost like just keep the car straight and drive it almost like they're on asphalt that's my concern but besides that I mean it's something you have no expectations they're not going to practice really I don't think beforehand so like it's going to be pure quality entertainment no matter if it's good or bad so like (laughs) to me what's wrong in trying it once and seeing because I'm going to be tuning in and I'm sure a lot of other people are just to see, even if you're against it, you're going to want to see how bad it is. Right. So um, I don't know. I think it's a good call. I think it's interesting. I have no idea what to expect, if it's going to be good or bad. So um, those are just my thoughts on why it may be good or may not be.
1: Yeah. I think we're on the same page on that one. So wrap it up with one last question here. If you could race at any track around the world whether it be a uh, short track or some iconic road course what would you race and what car would you bring there to race on it
2: hmm man that's gonna be a, a tough <laughs> one you know i've never like obviously i haven't done a lot of road course racing but i haven't done anything overseas so i'm trying to think like what i just want to take a stock car to nurburgring maybe or like huh let's just say that we'll take like a, yeah. a a a gen 5 you know xfinity or cup car to over to germany we'll do that that'd be interesting
0: right? i
1: would be all for it i think we could probably do that in a video game to see how it would look i mean obviously not yeah. not exact but i think uh, i think i might have to try that one out later uh later today when the workday is done
2: yeah that'd be cool i would have to think that you'll have to like that place is pretty rough and and all that you almost have to like really raise the ride heights get that thing you know get that thing hiked up (laughs) to get around there
1: (laughs) yeah most most likely uh that would be correct so as we wrap it up do you have any partners or anything you want to shout out to and and plug real quick before we wrap up
2: you know i would like to uh as we're in a transition mode here i'd really like to just thank everyone that was a part of uh, my snowball derby this year. Uh, I was really fortunate to work with Jake Keaton Racing and the Keaton family. Drive their their piece of equipment. Uh, we had some some sponsors from Pensacola on the car, decent cutting horses, and uh, Northwest Florida AC. And we had so many people. I don't know if you if you saw this on my social or not, but we, um, you know, we had to throw this together. I I don't have a, a big ton of money in my in my back pocket that I just throw at racing every day. So like we needed help. And we had so many people step up on social media to to donate a little bit, or they bought some extra merchandise just to to kick in basically and help. And it was a really cool experience because honestly, um, I don't know if it would have worked out as well as it did had we not had all that support and we didn't expect it. So um, that was really rewarding. It was a really nice addition to kind of a crappy 2020 year and race season. Um, So just thanks to everybody that was a part of that with us this year. And um, yeah, everyone who supported me out throughout the whole season, but especially snowball derby, this is just a really crazy year. And um, it's, it was, it was great to see that.
1: And I'll end it with go to Travis's website, which I'll put in the show notes. He's got some really cool merch on there to buy and support. So go check that out. And Travis, thanks very much and, and best of luck in 2021, man. Hopefully we get to uh, see you out at a racetrack uh, somewhere.
2: Absolutely. Thank you very much. And don't ever hesitate if you want to get, um, you know, somebody like me on the show every now and then just to hear a different take on things, just give me a shout. I'll be glad to do it.
1: Yeah. Well, let's, let's do it. We'll, we'll set that up for a couple times throughout the year and have some fun. All right. Okay. Thank All you, right, man. Thanks a lot.